There, oh, here we go. Perfect. All right. As you know, I work in the corporate world when I'm working. But <laughs> anyways, one of the biggest challenges for a lot of the rising stars in kind of the corporate world and in the professional world is getting noticed, finding somebody to see how good you are and to take you up to the higher levels. Many people at the lower levels try to hitch themselves onto a rising executive so they'll be taken away and that they'll have a faster than normal career track. Sometimes people even move from company to company with these sort of corporate superstars hoping to catch, like I said, that rising star and to further their careers. Being noticed, being singled out for something well done, getting recognition is about what you know, it's where it's at in kind of the corporate world, but not just climbing the corporate ladder. Um, sometimes, and, as, and even in the corporate ladder, is that many times that they set up what they call mentoring programs to find these high potential candidates so that they can put top executives with junior people to have them build them skills and so that they'll have a friend in senior management to make them feel that they're connected. Being noticed is, like I said, important in the corporate world, but also in other places is too. Also, we see this um, most, I think, probably in, in Hollywood, with all our actors and actresses always in, in magazine covers and posing for interviews. Uh, we see them on, and, and the older, let's say, faded sort of stars, uh, there's kind of a whole new kind of a minor leagues again for them, dancing with the stars or um, celebrity rehab and everything like that that all of a sudden they can kind of rejuvenate their career, but most important, it is getting noticed again after maybe years of obscurity and then keeping their names out there. So a lot of these, and then new actors too, want to be recognized. They want to be in the right places at the right times. And I think in Hollywood at the Beverly Hills Hotel is where everybody would kind of go and they'd have their friends call there just to be announced so that in essence they could have people hear their name. Whether we're in sales or they're climbing up the corporate ladder or aspiring actress or whatever, or want to be recognized in our profession, it takes a lot of work to be noticed. People are noticed either work, you have to work really, really hard at it, especially in something like politics as well, where re re name recognition is almost everything we have to do to build up people's interests. Having our name remembered as I said, it's kind of nice. When, we, when you're out and somebody remembers you or somebody uh, in an important position remembers who you are, it kind of makes you feel good. Our name is our identity. It's who we are. It's, we have kind of a brand, so to speak, that goes along with that. When they remember us and our name, they remember our identity and hopefully what we stand for and, our, and some of our personal qualities as well. Like I said, a couple times that you know people remembered me, I thought, wow, I'm surprised they remember me. I didn't really think I was anybody, but I was really impressed that they thought enough about me to remember me. My question to all of this is, although it's nice to be known by friends or people that remember our names or we casually meet, does God know our name? Does God know who we are? Have we done enough that God knows us? And I know this well. That's pretty much what today's sermon is kind of about. It's about does God know us? Does God know what we stand for or who we are? In the biblical, in the biblical passage, there's a couple of people involved, and we get a we get um, we have like people that are what I call righteous. There's three people that are named. There's Lazarus, there's Abraham, and Moses. Those are the only named people there. 
but they're all associated with the righteous. God knows who the righteous people are, and, he, and they're named in this passage. But note, the key figure in the parable is nameless. He's nameless, faceless, and unrecognized. He's simply referred to as the man. Most of this life, this the man, tried to please everyone, probably around him. And he was probably recognized by a lot of people. He was conspicuous. It says he dresses in purple, which is the, of fine, the color of fine, uh, of fine linen and color of royalty. He most likely had servants. He lived in a mansion with a big gate out front. He even know with his language with Abraham that he spoke of himself often. We used to see the word I, I, I all the way through this passage. He's arrogant here because he delivered, because he thought that he deserved blessings that were actually given to someone else, that he didn't even earn. He's used to ordering people around. The tragedy is, the problem with this, the man, is that he was building his earthly security, building his earthly wealth, and perhaps even fame. Probably everybody in the city knew who he was. But he was a nobody in God's kingdom. So how do we get to be noticed by God? How do we get to be somebody? How do we get to have a name in God's kingdom? I have five things. So I can kind of cut them down, so we'll figure how much longer we're going to be here. But they're short. First, I think it's letting know, how do you get noticed by God? Letting God know you're around. Let him know exist. Have him notice you. How do we do that? Pray often. Contact God all the time. Pray to him all the time. God knows his people. And for this reason, we should all try to get his attention. Get him to say, God, I, you know, I, I'm praying to you. I want to thank you for all you've given me. I want you to forgive my sins. Lord, these are the things I need for my life. Talk to God all the time about everything. All the time, everything. When we talk to God, think about God. Temptation flees because we're thinking about God not doing other things. We actually become better people. Prayer is important. Prayer is powerful and is the first step to getting recognized by God. The second thing is asking God's help to do his will, to do his work in the world. In the corporate world, one of the greatest ways to build attention and to all of a sudden move up the ladder is to volunteer for projects the big boss wants done that nobody else wants, special projects, special analysis, leading the United Way campaign, whatever it is. Similar fashion, God knows and he recognizes his workers, his helpers, who undertake an initiative to do God's work and for God's church. How about at a soup kitchen, volunteer at a hospital, do missionary work, enroll in seminary, study somebody in the faith, sing in the choir, chant in the church. How about at your Greek festival to help your church parish earn money? Knowing God's will is not always easy. But let me say, if you're praying constantly, if you're kind of asking God, I want your will done for my life, doors open miraculously. And we know when we're on the right path. The Lord has a nice way of letting us know when we're on track, when we're doing what he wants us to do. That we're loved. And when we're doing that, we'll know we're loved. We're doing good things because our faith in him is something very, working for him is valuable. It gets us noticed. The third thing that helps us, um, it helps us get his recognition by God is, and I, I put it, make some noise for God or shout for God, and I'll, I'll tell you what it means. Help God get noticed. 
Share your faith when appropriate, okay, when appropriate here with other people. And that means living it. The best thing we can do about our faith is not just tell someone about it, but to prove that we're different than most other people, that we have the Holy Spirit in us, that we're helping and we're, we, we care about others, that we don't want to exploit them or use them, but we act towards them lovingly. We need to be that beacon of love, of kindness and gentleness. Let the Holy Spirit manifest himself in all of you so that it shows. As the Spirit grows in each one of us and grows in each of us individually, God sees it. He's all of us. He sees all of us, you see, as his temple. Yes, our bodies are our God's home. And let us make it, let us make it a palace. Our witness, my friends, to the world is our actions. Let God's Spirit radiate in you. It will attract others. Third way of getting sort of noticed by God is partake of the sacraments. All the sacraments in the Orthodox Church are personal. Each of us, whether it's in marriage or holy unction or communion, confession, is asked by our Christian name. So in other words, when you receive communion, it's always to tell the priest what your name is, your Christian name, because it's an identity for you. A sacrament is something that is given to us personally. And it connects us with God. Each time we partake of one of the mysteries, worthily, we are confessing our belief. We are asking for God's personal blessing. In fact, we're asking to be noticed by God. Finally, another way to be noticed by God is be willing to suffer for God's sake. All the great saints, religious leaders, prophets, have suffered for the sake of the gospel. In fact, the Bible even mentions Happy are those who are persecuted, for they are good, for the kingdom of God is theirs. When you are reviled and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers, wonderful. Be happy about it and be glad, for a tremendous reward awaits you in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not actually advocating that we all go out and personally suffer on purpose. That's, not, that's really not the point. That we should be prepared to love God that much that they're willing to do that if the need arises. That it means standing firm for our faith, not buckling and confessing when we see wrong going on in the world. Also related in part of today's passage is you see, we see a little bit of suffering today in the part of Lazarus. He suffered continually. He had no food to eat. He slept in the street. So the dogs licked his sores. He had boils and sores all over his body. Yet, despite his misfortune, he did not complain to God. Lazarus did not blame God. Didn't say it was God's fault. And we see a similar example with Job in the Old Testament as well, who would not blame God for any of his misfortune. Contrast this Lazarus with the man. And the parable who feels that him and his brothers would have amended their lives if they were only warned, implying that God is unfair. God, you didn't warn them. It's unfair. And his whole dialogue with God was a complaint. Getting on the right track. My advice is that any suffering you undergo, don't blame God. Simply ask for his comfort. Be faithful. And you, like Lazarus, will receive one day your reward. 
being noticed by God, as I wrap up, is a lot different than being noticed by the world. As seen in today's parable, Lazarus received his reward in heaven. Yet God knew him all along by name. <coughs> Yet in the world, Lazarus was a nobody, which God didn't even know who he was. just knew he was about his door. Contrast, then which man, the man, was probably well known in the community he lived. Lived a life of luxury and was conspicuous. Yet God didn't even mention him by name. My prayer, as I close, is that we live each day yearning for our Lord's attention. To do his work in the world, may we get noticed so that we can create for God's glory so that we can proclaim his word to those around, to transform his world and his creation, to energize our lives in the vitality, through the vitality of this Holy Spirit, living and working in us, and also to give back to God the gifts of our labor. Remember, getting noticed by God is something that takes work each and every day. But the joy of that working relationship is worth everything, Forever. Amen. Now it says to press the...